No one's ever reduced the debt that much. We cut the federal debt in half. Hello, I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. It is November 2nd, 2022. And that was a very short cold open for you because, uh, well, we've got a whole bunch of Joe Biden clips today because he is in Florida right now. And uh, he gave perhaps his worst public performance yet, filled with a litany of lies, confusions, obfuscations, and all sorts of nonsense. Uh, no, he has not cut the deficit in half. The deficit is going up every second. As I say this sentence right now, and I'm getting to the end of the sentence that I'm saying at this very moment, the thing is freaking out behind me. I don't know what's going on over there. Uh, the debt is going up. What's happening to the background? Are the Democrats there? <laughs> Damn Democrats. Uh, the debt is constantly going up. We are a debtor nation. We don't really have much money. Actually, we're $31 trillion in debt. Joe Biden thinks he half that. No, he did not half it. He has increased the debt. He has blown up inflation. You guys know it. He just lies and lies. The best, most generous version of it is that he just doesn't know what he's saying. Uh, the less generous version would be that he's intentionally doing it. Uh, anyway, the theme of the Today Show really is that the craziness, it's, it's packing in right now, right? Because we got six days before this election and everything continues to trend really, really well uh, for people who love freedom, for people who dig America. Uh, but of course, the lies from the left and the corporate press and a certain set of big tech, although that might be changing a little bit with, uh, with the Elon Twitter situation. The lies, the propaganda, it is going to continue. And we got a couple, a couple really, really like caught red-handed ones. Before we get to any of that though, so the big story over the couple, last couple of days um, was that this man, apparently a nudist and maybe a BLM guy and a trans activist, although if you listen to the mainstream media, he's a right-wing maniac. Anyway, somebody, who apparently had a hammer and was in their underwear, they somehow broke into Nancy Pelosi's house and got into a fight with Paul Pelosi, her husband. And Paul Pelosi, her husband, who was arrested for uh, drunk driving, what, about a month, month and a half ago, bit of a shady character. The Pelosi's, by the way, who are worth, I think, like hundreds of millions of dollars, and somehow Nancy Pelosi trades her, her trading level when she's doing stocks like this woman, she just nails it. I don't know how she does it. I don't know if when they're injecting her with the Botox, it goes to the part of the brain that figures out how to, how to trade really well. Uh, but she's made an awful lot of money while being in politics forever. Uh, and the eyebrows keep getting higher and that whole thing. Anyway, the guy breaks into the house. They get into a fight with Paul Pelosi. It's all very unclear. For some reason, they can't find any video of the whole thing. Uh, here's a tweet from ABC that uh, is a little bit curious. Uh, U.S. Capitol Police had cameras outside the House Speaker, uh, the home of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, but they were not monitored at the time of the break-in, according to sources familiar with the matter. Now, this sort of reminds you of the Epstein thing. Remember when Jeffrey Epstein died in jail and somehow the cameras weren't working for those few minutes? Nobody was checking the cameras for those few minutes. You know, we have cameras at my house. Okay, so if you guys think you can get away with whatever you're doing when we're outside of the studio, we're watching. I just want you to know that. Uh, we have cameras. I have like 20 cameras all over the house, outside the house, inside the house. Uh, we have a 
monitor in there that shows 20 cameras. I don't sit in there monitoring it all day, but it also is recorded. And then every month, I think we purge it, something like that. So just because no one was monitoring the Pelosi cameras, we can't find out what happened. This thing stinks like a rat. Something is not right, uh, but I suspect we will not get to the bottom of it because we don't seem to get to the bottom of a lot of things these days, important things. Remember when uh, there was this leak, uh, this Supreme Court uh, leak when uh, Roe v. Wade was gonna be flipped and somehow we found out about it about two minutes earlier, uh, two, two minutes, two months earlier. We never figured that out. We don't seem to figure out things, but weird things keep happening. Very bizarre. Anyway, we are gonna debunk some lies and, uh, and leave you feeling good today. The, the end of the show is gonna give you some juice to go with for the rest of the day. Uh, real quick, before we get to any of that, let me talk to you about real estate agents I trust. You guys know already, the buying and selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you can do. And it can be 10 times worse if you're not working with the right agent. Usually our homes are our biggest investment, which is a ton of responsibility. And you need an agent who takes that seriously, which is why I recommend real estate agents I trust. They work with only the best agents in every market. They do their homework, talking to every agent before inviting them to join their network. And here's a big one. They work with only full-time pros, no part-time or inexperienced agents. Their team makes the introduction and then follows you through the buying or selling process to make sure that you're satisfied. The agents they work with have long track records and are the best sellers in their field, even under these intense economic conditions with high interest rates and high inflation. Real estate agents I trust has provided their customers with agents who've overcome these challenges. They're part of this audience, they share your values, and they're almost anywhere you wanna go. Head on over to realestateagentsitrust.com today. Provide them with some basic info. Their team will contact you to make an introduction to an agent in your town, and you move to a red state. It is as simple as that. Okay, so uh, I mentioned at the top, we're gonna talk about some of the propaganda and confusion that the mainstream media runs with. And you know, they're always calling us agents of misinformation while they're the ones that are spreading disinformation and censoring us for telling the truth and all that stuff. Uh, but as we roll into these final six days before the election, it seems like it's getting weirder and weirder. It's partly because of the, the Twitter Elon thing. It's just got everybody freaking out because I think a lot of people who've done a lot of bad things uh, feel like they're about to be exposed. Also, obviously, this, this red wave is a coming. And because of that, there's a feeling like the Democrats and the machine is about to lose power. There's just like a whole bunch of things happening at the moment. So over on uh, CNBC is this guy, Jim Cramer. We've, we've done a couple of videos of Jim Cramer over the years. He's, uh, he's this money guy. You know, he gets in front of the, he was sort of famous for, he'd run right to the camera and start screaming about stocks. And he gets a lot of things wrong. I guess he gets a couple of things right. Interesting TV personality. Uh, anyway, he's on a panel on CB, uh, CNBC yesterday, uh, basically saying that we need more and better propaganda. And by we, I mean, he means the machine needs more and better propaganda, kind of like the Chinese. And, and they got to deal with, what do you do if you told people the way to beat this is no vaccine, right. and now you have a vaccine. So I think what you need is a propagandist. Outside of the state infrastructure. Exactly. To start moving political right. opinion. But I think when we think of propaganda, we think about other regimes that we didn't really appreciate. You're mighty silent. I am silent. I'm just thinking about those poor people stuck at Disney, Shanghai Disney for... It's a, I mean, it's the worst places to be stuck, but still. Chief, it's a real small world after all. That is a really weird moment on CNBC. You have a host, one of their main hosts, basically saying that our regime needs more propagandists to promulgate the lies. 
related to COVID. And of course, once you start promulgating one lie, you'll promulgate an awful lot of lies. Promulgate, there's a word for you. Uh, the hosts that he's sitting with are, are completely stunned. I mean, he's basically saying we should be more like China. And then also the way he kind of cocks his head and lowers it and looks so the bags under his eyes get bigger. I mean, this is like Disney villain kind of stuff. And then you gotta love just like, you know, when they do these shows on television, you gotta understand, they have so many people that work on all of these shows. These, these shows often have staffs of 20, 50, 100 people, if not more, you know? So there is a staff, like you got to imagine a control room where people are like, do something, do something. He actually just said we have to be more like China on television, that's a problem. So then they just throw to the graphic and everyone's kind of quiet. Anyway, the reason I'm showing you this is because uh, there was an article in The Atlantic that went viral for all the wrong reasons uh, over the last couple of days. Now, The Atlantic, which used to be a, a somewhat kind of center-right, sane place of journalism, let's call it. It was a, it was a place of extended uh, interviews and thoughtful pieces. Uh, it really has gone off the deep end and into a lot of trash. But there was a really interesting article, a uh, piece that came out called Let's Declare Pandemic Amnesty uh, by an author named Emily Oster. And this thing was going viral over the last couple of days because it was getting a tremendous amount of pushback from, I would say, people like me who actually did not lose their minds during COVID. People like you who probably did not lose their minds during COVID. And now that it is coming out that the vaccines don't work, the booster shots don't work, the masks didn't work, the lockdowns didn't work, there's all sorts of issues, uh, people having health issues post getting the vaccine, all of the issues related to young children who are speaking later and having problems socializing, all of the stuff that you guys know about. Well, now that it's all being exposed, there's a certain set of people who, have, who were demanding mandates, demanding lockdowns, doing all the bad stuff, right? Pushing you in ways you didn't want to be pushed, infringing on your free speech and right to assembly and all of those things and right to work and, and make a living and make choices for yourself and have bodily autonomy. Well, now that they are losing the narrative, uh, they want amnesty. And that's very bizarre because do they deserve it? That's really the question. So I got a little bit from the, from the article and then we'll dive in more. In April, 2020, with nothing else to do, my family took an enormous number of hikes. We all wore cloth masks that I had made myself. We had a family hand signal, which the person in the front would use if someone was approaching on the trail and we needed to put on our masks. Once, when another child got too close to then my to my then four-year-old son on a bridge, he yelled at her, social distancing. These precautions were totally misguided. In April, 2020, no one got coronavirus from passing someone else hiking. Outdoor transmission was vanishingly rare. Our cloth masks made out of old bandanas wouldn't have done anything anyway. But the thing is, we didn't know. There is an emerging, if not universal consensus that schools in the US were closed for too long. The health risks of in-school spread were relatively low, whereas the costs to students' well-being and educational progress were high. The latest figures on learning loss are alarming, but in spring and summer of 2020, we had only glimmers of information. Reasonable people, people who cared about children and teachers, advocated on both sides of the reopening debate. Another example, 
When the vaccines came out, we lacked definitive data on the relative efficacies of the Johnson & Johnson shot versus the mRNA options from Pfizer and Moderna. The mRNA vaccines have won out. But at the time, many people in, the public, in public health were either neutral or expressed a Johnson & Johnson preference. This misstep wasn't nefarious. It was the result of uncertainty. We have to put these fights aside and declare a pandemic amnesty. We can leave out the willful purveyors of actual misinformation while forgiving the hard calls that people had no choice to make with imperfect knowledge. Many people have neglected their health care over the past several years. Notably, routine vaccine rates for children, for measles, pertussis, etc., are way down. Rather than debating the role that messaging about COVID vaccines had in this decline, we need to put all our energy into bringing these rates back up. Pediatricians and public health officials will need to work together on community outreach, and politicians will need to consider school mandates. The standard is saying that those who forget history are doomed to repeat it, but dwelling on the mistakes of history can lead to a repetitive doom loop as well. Let's acknowledge that we made complicated choices in the face of deep uncertainty, uncertainty and then try to work together to build back and move forward. Okay, hold on a second. Now, you may never have heard of this Emily Oster. I suspect she will not have a uh, very long career in journalism. And the, the article itself, I mean, it was going viral because people were just unendingly dumping on her. I don't want to make this about her, so let's remove her from this equation. I'd never heard about her before this, probably won't hear about her again after this. But she's wrong on, on almost every front. Not everyone went crazy. I have said many, many times, and you can go back to videos. I was saying it on Fox, not just on this show. I was saying it on Newsmax, whatever show I was on. That first two weeks, I grant everyone a long leash. We didn't know what the hell was going on. We all kind of freaked out. We were doing all sorts of, in retrospect, stupid things, not only with masks and social distancing, uh, but you'd come home and you'd wash your freaking paper bag from the grocery store. The endless amount of nonsense. But, but we all got bamboozled. The machine bamboozled all of us. And, and maybe there are some select people out there who never got bamboozled even for a day. And if, if they're out there, I really admire them. I don't know many of them. But after about two weeks, most, no, I can't say most people. After about two weeks, a certain set of people realized what was going on here and that this was an assault on our freedoms and suddenly our right to assembly, which is a constitutionally guaranteed right was taken. Our right to free speech, well, suddenly we were being censored all over the place. People were being forced to inject themselves with things and get those mandates. People were being fired from their jobs. You guys get all of the stuff. So no, amnesty, you, the people who did all of the crazy things. I remember one day I was in at the height of the, uh, the pandemic, when things started opening up again, but you had to still wear masks inside. I was at Costco one day and I'm getting a brisket and uh, because I was having an illegal party. Remember that illegal party I had? It was, that was good. That was, yeah, I got a 16 pound brisket. It was pretty sweet. Anyway, uh, getting a brisket and I, when I would go in, I would usually try to walk in without my mask. If someone asked me to put my mask on, which always happened in a rather unpleasant manner, I would put it on, but then I would put it below my nose. And then if someone would ask me again, I would put it above my nose. But that was my way of trying to stay somewhat sane in the madness. Anyway, I'm there at Costco, surrounded by a lot of meat, got the brisket in front of me. This woman comes up to me and she goes, you know, you know, masks don't work if they're below your nose. But she came right up to me to say it. And I was like, oh, I did not know that. Thank you so much for letting me know that. I had no idea that I really appreciate you telling me that a year into this thing. The point of that is that 
these people who did these crazy things and, and assaulted people in stores, the woman, if she had feared COVID, if you really feared COVID, the virus that was gonna kill everybody, would you be walking up to the people who are not protecting themselves and thus you properly? How many videos did we all see of people in masks chasing unmasked people at Hobby Lobby or at stores to yell at them and tackle them? Like if you really feared the virus, you wouldn't be doing that. So this had nothing to do with fearing a virus. It unleashed something about a certain type of person who wants to control other people. And that this woman, had they had hand signals while they were out on hikes and her son and they're screaming about social distancing. I don't know about amnesty. Look, we can, I'm, average people who did the best they could and sometimes made some wrong decisions all, the, all along the way, of course. Of course, but does Fauci deserve amnesty? Does Michelle Walensky, who now has 18 booster shots and 87 other shots, who has COVID as we speak, does she deserve amnesty? Does Biden, who said, if you get the vaccine, you will not get or transmit COVID, deserve amnesty? I mean, the list goes on of the people who lied about everything. And it's not just that they lied about everything, they tried to destroy the people who asked questions about things. Let's not forget what the mainstream media did when Joe Rogan had Dr. Robert Malone, who has more mRNA vaccine technology patents than anyone, they, he had him on. And then what did the machine try to do for him, to, to Rogan, just for talking to Malone and no one's questioning Malone's credentials? The machine for a week tried to tell you that Joe Rogan was racist. They released all of these videos of him saying the N-word, although he wasn't saying it in a racist manner. He was usually making fun of people that say it. And then CNN and everywhere else is running, should Spotify deplatform Joe Rogan? And it had nothing to do with him being racist. That is what we have all slogged through. So I don't know that these people deserve amnesty. Again, the regular people who made some mistakes and, and, and I have unbelievable sympathy for people who were forced into doing it because they didn't want to lose their jobs and they had to figure out a way to put you know, food on the table. People who, who the social pressures uh, and who then injected their children with things that they didn't know what they injected them with. I mean, it, it just, they did something truly horrific and, and perhaps these people need a mea culpa. They, you can't just have amnesty like, okay, you did all of these bad things to all of these people and you forced all of these people to do things against their will. Uh, but now that it turned out you weren't right, oh, we're just gonna let it go. No, you gotta, you gotta take some ownership of it, right? And that seems to be the thing that no one is willing to do. So no amnesty yet. Uh, anyway, I start with all of that. Ooh, my, that got me worked up. Um, I start with all of that because it's emblematic and I would say thematic of what is going on with the Democrats. They, they did so many bad things over the last couple of years, defund the police, inject people with all of this stuff, mandates, um, you know, these, the Inflation Reduction Act, which didn't reduce inflation, all of the woke stuff, chopping children's genitals off, all of this stuff that the average person has just had it. Uh, so here's just a, a Wisconsin voter. CNN went out to Wisconsin to chat with people about how they're feeling about the Democrats and what's going on with this midterm election. Also top of mind for voters is the economy. People's savings are being eroded by, by rising inflation rates and things. And, and we just need to get back to the basics in this country. The, the, Democrats have gone way too far left for the majority of the country. Yeah, they're saying it on CNN. The Democrats have gone way too far left. If only there had been a set of people on the computer machine that had been trying to tell the Democrats for years, you don't have to do this. 
Liberals defend liberalism. Stop letting the inmates run the asylum. Take out the squad and return to your roots that are just and honest. And as I said to Bill Maher, liberalism is something worth saving in its truest form, but the liberals failed liberalism, or maybe liberalism failed the liberals. Uh, so that is what we are going to continue talking about in just a moment. But you know, with this election coming, the blaze wants to help you make sense of it. Uh, election night is of course just around the corner, six days from now, and the stakes have never been higher for the midterms. Several races across the country have been very interesting the past couple weeks. Will Republicans be able to win the Senate seat in, in Washington state of all places? Perhaps. Is Kathy Hochul really in trouble in New York? Yes. Will voters punish Gretchen Whitmer for her COVID lockdown insanity and finally give her the boot? Please, Lord. Uh, there's a lot to cover in this election cycle, and we've got you covered. Stu Bergier, who kind of serves as Blaze Media's resident physiologist, which is a fancy word for someone who studies elections, put together a comprehensive guide to let you know exactly what you need to look out for on election night. Head over to theblaze.com slash election guide to receive a free copy of Blaze Media's ultimate guide to the midterms delivered straight to your inbox. Again, that's Blaze theblaze.com slash election guide. And we'll send you everything you need to know to be ready for election night. And now back to me. Okay, so as we roll into these last six days, since the policies aren't good, it's a little late for the Democrats to be like, you know what, um, we've decided not to chop kids' genitals off and uh, eight month abortions do seem a little excessive and um, we're gonna lower taxes. No, it's too late. So what do you gotta do? You gotta keep rolling with the lies and the propaganda and the fear. It's all they've got. That is, that is the kitchen sink for them, right? I said yesterday, the kitchen sink, in essence, was throwing Obama out there, but it's the same thing. You just throw Obama out there to lie about the same thing. Scare the hell, everybody, scare the hell out of everybody about the Republicans. Um, here is Jen Psaki on, uh, as you know, she is now an MSNBC contributor. She went from being the chief paid liar at the White House, and then she just took a job in journalism, just like journalism, just like that. Uh, she now works for MSNBC. Uh, and here she is saying that the Democrats, there was nothing they could have done about inflation just because they're in charge of everything. They couldn't have done anything. I mean, what do you want from these people? Speaking of that environment, Jen, I mean, when you look at the economy and you look at inflation, it consistently raises the top issue to voters. And Republicans, when you ask those folks who say that, they're consistently saying they're going to vote Republican by pretty lopsided margins. Is there anything Democrats could have done? Was there a missed opportunity here for Democrats to not face that kind of a headwind? Look, on inflation, it's a global issue. It's happening around the world. I think there's not a lot Democrats could have done to change that reality. Complete nonsense. Complete nonsense. I'm gonna give you some stats in a moment, but just if you took Econ 101 in college, maybe not even in college, did you learn anything about basic math or checks and balances or the red and the black uh, when you were in high school perhaps? How about if when Joe Biden came in, he said, you know, we're gonna cut taxes for everybody so that the economy can get going. You know, we've been going through this COVID thing. It's been a tough thing. We want businesses to feel like they have a little more money in their pocket so they can spend a little bit more money so that they can hopefully hire more. That gets more people out and about and shopping and doing things. And then the economy kind of chugs along, sort of like it did under that Donald Trump guy. That would have been one thing, but I don't wanna just give you my crazy theories on the economy. How about we give you actual numbers on what the Democrats did to basically tank the economy and cause inflation to go up and uh, contrary to what Joe Biden said, not half the debt. I mean, unbelievable that he lied about that. Uh, here's uh, some info from Visual Capitalist. In 2021, the US government spent 
trillion on various expenditures and government-aided programs. So the government spent, get it again, 6.8 trillion. That's an awful lot of money, a lot of zeros there, on government programs. So they took money from you, right, from the taxpayer, uh, and then they decided to do whatever they wanted to do with it. And often it is completely nonsensical stuff or we, you know, we're bombing somebody or whatever it might be, or it's handouts that then keep people in poverty. You get the rest of it. So let's get a little bit more here. Statista gave us some info. In 2021, the total revenues of the U.S. government totaled around four, uh, for basically four trillion U.S. dollars. Now, the problem is, and uh, any of you who've ever balanced a checkbook would understand this, uh, when you're uh, spending money, what you wanna do is spend a little bit less than you're bringing in. You bring in a certain amount and then you go, okay, I have this amount and I shouldn't spend more than that because then I'm not gonna have money and then I'm gonna be in debt and then I have to pay interest on it, like say to China. Uh, so you understand that the two, there was an increase of the debt of $2.8 trillion in 2021 under Joe Biden and the Democrat Congress. They did not have to spend all of that money. And the things that they spent the money on actually damaged the in economy, the Inflation Reduction Act. Do any of you think that by the government taking money out of your pocket and then somehow giving it back to you, that that caused inflation to go down. Well, let's, that was 2021. Let's jump over to 2022. Here's a quote from the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities. In the fiscal year 2022, the federal government is estimated to spend 5.8 trillion, amounting to 23.5% of the nation's gross domestic product. Of that 5.8 trillion, over 4.8 trillion is estimated to be financed by federal revenues. So they just keep taking more and more of your money. Do you get it? So we are adding more money to the debt. We have a lot of debt. And one day China might call us and say, hey, we'd like our cash. And the thing is, we don't have it. So it actually is a good thing that we have weapons. That really is where we're at. I mean, you can really think about it. Just Pick any episode of The Sopranos, any, whatever your favorite mafia movie is. Someone borrows money from somebody. You ain't got the money. You don't got the money. And then what happens? You get a bullet in your head. So we're, we're entering that territory because at some point, all of the people who have lent us all of this money and, and then who love watching us spend like drunken sailors, right? They love watching us just do more and more damage to our economy. It weakens us domestically. And then what position does it put us in? Well, when the, when the mafia guy shows up at your door, uh, for the money and he brings, you know, he brings Vinny and Tony and everybody and these big guys and they're about to beat the shit out of you. It's like, you better have some weapons. So I guess that's what the United States has at the moment. Uh, but the economic consequences under the Biden administration have been basically catastrophic. We've got some more info from the U.S. inflation calculator. The annual inflation rate for the United States is 8.2% in the 12 months which ended September 2022 after rising 8.3% previously, according to the U.S. Labor Department data published October 13th. So look, I'm not going to sit here and say that there isn't anything going on worldwide. Of course there is, right? There, this Ukraine thing has caused all sorts of problems and Russia and gas and what we've done domestically here not to drill and all of these things. These have all caused problems and other countries are dealing with it, but it's not the fault of other countries, right? The buck has to stop with somebody. And if, remember for six months when they kept saying it's Putin's price hike and it's like, all right, maybe I'll grant you something there. 
we can, we can go down that road. Putin controls a lot of energy. He sends a lot of energy to Europe. If their prices go up because he's holding back on them or there's a war, whatever it might be, uh, that could affect our prices here. But if at the end of the day, if an authoritarian leader of Russia can basically decide to tank our economy because he's holding off energy from Europe, uh, then you're not a very good leader. You should have thought of how that wouldn't happen, right? Uh, they didn't have to spend that much money. It's just as simple as that. They could have done something different. Uh, here's a, a series of Democrats lying uh, in an effort to defend Build Back Better, which we all knew was not gonna do any such thing. Today, 15 recipients of the Nobel Prize in Economics released a letter in support of the president's Build Back Better plan, including four Nobel Prize, Prize winners recently highlighted in an open letter. Seven, uh, 17, excuse me, uh, Nobel laureates who have conveyed this will help address inflation. 13, 13, excuse me, 14 Nobel laureates in, in economics said it'll actually bring down the cost, it will reduce the deficit, and it was totally paid for, and it's going to reduce inflation. 17, oh, excuse me, yes, 17 Nobel laureates in economics. A 15 Nobel laureates in economics released a letter yesterday. 17 Nobel Prize winners in economics have said, spontaneously wrote to me together. Guys, they can't figure out how many Nobel laureates said what and when they said it and why they said it. Uh, but they sure do know that they said something. I, it's so ridiculous. And who gives a flying F what a Nobel laureate says? How about people that are in charge of industries and economies? How about small business owners? Uh, how about you looking at your checkbook at the end of the month, right? Checkbook, you guys don't have checkbooks, do you? Damn you kids. I, had a I don't even have a checkbook anymore, but I had a checkbook once. It's a little paper and you get a paper cut. It was, it was a nasty thing, but Guys, the point is, they, they know, they know that everything they have done has damaged the economy. And now I present you with Don Lemon over at CNN. And as you know, uh, Don Lemon was demoted. He, nobody was watching his uh, late night show. Uh, so what happens in the world of Democrat privilege? You don't get fired for doing a crappy job. Generally, you don't. Stelter actually did get fired. That was the level of his crapulence. Lemon just got demoted to the morning. They were like, you're not very good at this at night. Why don't we just try it in the morning? Which is sort of like, remember Brian Williams, NBC News anchor, after he got caught lying about some stuff? They're like, you can't do this on, M on NBC anymore. We're going to put you on MSNBC. It's so bizarre. Anyway, uh, Lemon had John Fetterman on. John Fetterman, as you know, he's the Democrat Lieutenant Governor of Pennsylvania running against Dr. Oz. He had a stroke six months ago. The guy is having trouble speaking, but putting aside the stroke and not, and not to mock any of his language stuff or any of that, his ideas are all terrible. They all are about releasing more criminals. He loves all of the woke stuff. All, like he is like sort of ground zero Democrat. Like if it's, if it's all bad, it is encapsulated in this guy. And on top of the fact that he can't speak, here he is with uh, Don Lemon talking about inflation. Well, let's talk about inflation because that's a big concern for voters. What do you think the biggest cause of inflation is? And, and should the Biden administration be doing more? No, I, I just do. I, I think the, uh, that simply is also, we have this talk about the trillions in, in massive tax uh, tax uh, cuts to the corporate uh, tax uh, structure as well. True. Oh, you know, maybe I was a little too harsh. Maybe, maybe he is making some sense and I should come around to some of these ideas. 
Uh, here's a gratuitous for, uh, one for you. Here's just some awful moments from Don Lemon. I'm not, listen, again, I'm not a political person. I'm a person who lives in reality. I'm a journalist. The Republican Party is obsolete. We cannot sit here and pretend like, well, you, Republicans, it's a, cut them a break. Let's, we want to hear whatever. They have a lot to answer for. Right now, our democracy is in danger, and it's because of one party, and that's the Republican Party. They are the party of everything that they're trying to pretend that they're not. The people who are in Charlottesville, that's not us. Yes, it is you. What are they essentially saying? That they don't trust people who don't look like them? We have to stop demonizing people and realize the biggest terror threat in this country is white men, and we have to start doing something about them. There is no travel ban on them. There is no white guy ban. So what do we do about that? The only party now that is operating in reality is the Democratic Party. Just objectively speaking, it's like, oh my gosh. Nancy Pelosi is a boss. People who, us New Yorkers, we've known who Donald Trump was for a very long time. Think about the despicable people we've had in history. Okay, now I'm gonna use an extreme example. Um, think about Hitler. Anyone who is in that White House and who is supporting him is complicit in their racism. Is the president declaring war on Americans? Open your eyes, America. Open your eyes. We are teetering on a dictatorship. And let's not forget, if anyone is judging this, I'm not judging this, our country was started because this is how the Boston Tea Party, rioting. Can we just clip that? Do I even have to add anything? Like, what is the point? I mean, the guy is just awful. The funniest part of that, I mean, we were all cracking up throughout it, was when he said, uh, there is no white guy ban, and, and Connor over here, who happens to be the fairest skinned of all of us, you kind of freaked. Because, you know, he'd come for you first. You know what I mean? I've got a little more color. Phoenix is a little, little more olive skinned. But a white guy like you, if Lemon had his way, banned. Anyway, so of course, what are they going to do? So wait, just a little more on Lemon. So do you see how horrible that guy has been for so long? Like everything, he, um, he also like, I'm not a journalist. I just live in, like everything about him is just completely ridiculous and awful. And then what did they do? As I said earlier, they were like, you can't have a show at 8 uh, p.m. It's a bit much with this nonsense. Uh, let's put this guy at, at 7 a.m. or whatever it is. It's just so insane. Uh, anyway, what, of course, are they going to do over these next six days? Well, they are going to continue to lie on what's happening in terms of crime that you know is happening, violence, uh, election manipulation, disinformation, and all that. So we'll get to more of that in just a second. I want to talk to you about Kami Koto. Uh, you know, it's time to up your kitchen knife game with Kami Koto knives. I love these knives. Uh, using traditional techniques, Kami Koto crafts beautiful knives using steel sourced from Japan. Each blade is made with techniques that have been honed and perfected by generations of knife smiths. They come in a beautiful heavy duty ash wood box and every blade is individually inspected and comes with a lifetime guarantee. Because of their single bevel edge, Kami Koto knives can achieve a wickedly sharp edge, the kind you just can't get with other knives. These are cut through your ribeye like Butter sharp knives. Kami Koto knives are used by several chefs working with uh, Michelin star restaurants around the world. They make a amazing gifts that come in beautiful gift boxes. You can maintain each knife's edge with one of Kami Koto's sharpening whetstones. And like I said, they're so confident in their product that each and every knife comes with a lifetime guarantee. If you go ahead and buy now, Kami Koto is offering you an extra $50 off site wide on top of their Black Friday sale. It's not even Black Friday, but they're throwing in a Black Friday sale. All right, why not? Go to kamikoto.com slash Ruben and use the offer code Ruben for an extra 50 off. 
That's K-A-M-I-K-O-T-O dot com slash Ruben, Kamikoto dot com slash Ruben. And actually, we made a tri-tip last night and we used the, uh, it's not quite the butcher's knife. It's like half a butcher's knife. And whoo, just perfect, just perfect. Anyway, all right, let's jump back into it. So what are they gonna do? They're gonna lie about everything, whether it's Joe Biden lying about uh, the deficit and inflation and all of that, or it's just mainstream media in general lying about what's going on with crime and what's going on with the woke stuff. Uh, here, do we have the warning? There you go, it's the ladies of The View. Here's Joy Behar lying about crime. I wanna say, there is no yeah. both sides here. No. And a lot of them like to say it, including Ted Cruz when he was here. And I'd like to remind everybody that it was the Democrats the not the Democrats who stormed the government that day and tried to kill the vice president. Yeah. Okay. And the Republicans now coming up to the uh, next election, which is next week, by the way, um, they, all they do is talk about crime, crime, crime. Well, I looked it up. Murders in major cities have fallen by 4% so far in 2022 compared with the same period a year ago. So but crime is not on the rise. It's actually going down under Joe. Okay, so we're gonna give you some stats. Um, Joy is a liar, you know she's a liar. Um, the fact that she even mentions January 6th, it was the Republicans who stormed the Capitol and tried to kill Mike Pence. I know, a bunch of people with no weapons, who had no plans. Again, there was the guy with the Lego set and we apologize for that. Um, it's just pure nonsense. You know what's happening in New York City. And Joy, You've lived in New York City all your adult life. I used to live two blocks from you. And when, when I lived there in New York City, I used to see you wandering around every now and again. I'm guessing you don't wander around as much. I am completely confident in saying that you are not wandering around New York City as much as you used to because it is not safe in New York City, right? Go to Midtown where it used to be bum, bumbling and, and, and bubbling with people in suits going to work doing things, it just ain't anymore. It's a lot of people kind of looking shady, wandering around and the smell of weed everywhere, it ain't safe. So anyway, we're gonna give you some actual stats. So uh, she was almost sort of right about one thing, but there's a little context that of course she left out. Uh, here's some info from Axios. Overall violent crime spiked 4.2% from January 1st to June 30th, 2022, compared to the same period last year, the survey by the major cities Chiefs Association found. Robbery skyrocketed by nearly 12% and aggravated assaults increased by about 3%, the survey of 70 agencies found. Now here's the real interesting one from Time Magazine. Homicides and other violent crimes dropped slightly in the first half of this year compared, but violence in major American cities still remains dramatically higher than it was before the pandemic. The new statistics come from the Council on Criminal Justice, which released its mid-year 2022 crime report on Thursday examining crime rates from 29 cities. Homicides decreased by 2% between January and June 22 compared to the same period in 21. Okay, however, the slight decrease is less satisfying when considering that homicides, that's murder people, hit historic highs in some cities in 2020 and 2021. The homicide numbers for the first half of 2022, which are based on data from 23 cities, are still 39% higher than they were in the same period of 2019. So this is also one of those ones where, as I often say, you, you can't totally get lost in the numbers. There's a little bit of reality that you just have to feel. 
If you are, let's say, a small business owner in New York City, do you feel confident that your windows are not just going to be broken the next time Antifa or BLM wants to march through and destroy things? Say after a midterm election when it doesn't go the Democrats' way and they decide to kind of release the pressure again with a little, a little violence, a little let's burn down a Pep Boys and a Target, right? Uh, on top of, we know what's going, every freaking day you can see a video of what's happening on the New York City subways with people being assaulted and attacked and, and pushed into subways and a whole bunch more. Uh, but what are they gonna do? And, and yes, yes, without question, I'm sorry, Joy Behar, you're a liar. Without question, this is happening in Democrat-run cities more than Republican-run cities. As we covered yesterday, 24 of the 25 most violent cities in America are Democrat mayor-run cities. The one exception is Jacksonville. Uh, okay, so facts, those are just facts. Uh, here's Jen Psaki uh, talking about how all of the stuff happening, it's really because of those mean Republicans who joke around about stuff. I don't think Carrie Lake and Ted Cruz are gonna come to anybody's home and threaten them. Their silence and their jokes are giving people a green light out there. Mm -hmm. A lot of crazy people, people who are following conspiracy theories online. It's almost like whack-a-mole for law enforcement and Ted Cruz is not coming to my house, thank God. Um, but he is allowing and giving the green light for this to happen. Ah, so Ted Cruz and Carrie Lake are allowing violence to happen. Now, it's not Ted Cruz or Carrie Lake supporters that were rampaging through cities for two years, right? Uh, no, those were Democrat supporters. Those were your people, Jen Psaki. Uh, also, I have never once heard Ted Cruz say that political violence is okay. I've certainly never heard Carrie Lake say that. But do you not realize the ultimate irony of what you're saying, Jen Psaki? If you think that they are somehow instigating violence either through jokes or their silence. Well, as you lie about them right there, are you not instigating violence about them? Like that's how this crazy merry-go-round game can go if you wanna play it that way. Uh, but it's not just Jen Psaki, of course. Uh, election denier Hillary Clinton was on uh, Joy Reid. <laughs> getting too old for this shit. Uh, Hillary Clinton on Joy Reid, uh, and uh, well, January 6th, blah, blah, blah. So I want to take this a step further away from the incident, that terrible incident with Paul Pelosi and broaden it out. Because what we have with the rhetoric coming from uh, the Republican uh, candidates from their party right now is so disturbing. I didn't see a big outpouring on the part of elected officials uh, to stand with Nancy Pelosi the way she has stood with Republicans as well as Democrats in times of real terror, like on January the 6th. It, it's so disingenuous. It, it's remarkable. And I just want to say, as someone making fun of Hillary Clinton right now, I did not kill myself. I have no intentions of killing myself. I did not kill myself. And let's just keep the, uh, the cameras on all the time. Um, Nancy Pelosi, when Steve Scalise was shot up by a Bernie supporter, um, were the Democrats all running around uh, saying nice things? No, of course they weren't. We've shown you many compilation videos, Maxine Waters and the rest of them get in their faces. AOC, the point of protest is to make people uncomfortable. Also, if you keep calling people white supremacists and Nazis, do you think that your base might do some crazy things about people? Look, nobody's hands are totally clean here. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that every Republican has done everything right, of course not. Uh, but but the, the, the level 
of her thorough dishonesty is just incredible. But that should not surprise us because Hillary Clinton, as you know, is an election denier. Senator Ted Cruz, who was here on the show, when we pressed him uh, on the MAGA Republicans election denial, he did whip out some sort of prop and he argued that your mother did the same thing. Um, I do think that he knows uh, that uh, he's an illegitimate president. What's your well, that's reaction funny, Sonny, to that? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure that I remembered that next day I was standing behind her when she conceded. Mm -hmm. Yes. He's an illegitimate president. And that mm -hmm. she said while she had campaigned very hard against President Trump, uh, she hoped that he would be a president for all Americans. An illegitimate president. You know, I think that Senator Cruz just might have a slightly different memory of yeah. that. I do think that he knows uh, that uh, he's an illegitimate president. Yeah. You guys got it. You got it. By the way, when Sonny Hostin, who is just, you know, my feelings about Sonny Hostin, when he whipped out Ted Cruz, he whipped out some sort of prop, some sort of prop. It was a, it was a piece of paper that he had in his pocket that went through all of the times that Democrats had denied elections and Democrats had done things violent, but they were completely rude and dismissive to him, uh, including the fake conservative on the panel, Allison, what's her name? Allison Farris, something like that. Uh, anyway, let's get this to the free state of Florida because right now as we speak, the elderly man pretending to be president, Joe Biden, is here. Now, Florida, I'm very proud to say, uh, is trending so red it's ridiculous. When Governor DeSantis came into office a couple of years back, there was about a 30,000 deficit in terms of registered Republicans to Democrats, meaning there were 30,000 more registered Democrats. Last I heard, it is now over 300,000 more registered Republicans than Democrats here. Also, Ron DeSantis, who is running for re-election and obviously is going to win by a landslide, and, and Charlie Crist, he's, you know, he's basically running against an empty suit. I mean, really, really just terrible dude. Everything that everyone hates about politics. Uh, Char uh, the guy that that DeSantis ran against last time was Andrew Gillum, who turned out to be a meth addict. So, you know, he was caught doing a meth orgy. Look, nobody's perfect, okay? Nobody's perfect. But that's how close even Florida got to the precipice of insanity. Because imagine had this orgy meth addict Democrat been in charge during COVID, maybe Florida wouldn't have been as open. Maybe DeSantis wouldn't have ever taken the national stage. And maybe other governors and other states wouldn't have been brave enough to stay open and fight. And maybe we wouldn't be in what now is looking like this this potential red wave situation, right? So a lot of good things have happened here. Anyway, Joe Biden came here yesterday, and although it's not looking good for the Democrats, I don't, I don't even know why they wasted his time. So he came, we showed you that cold open, he made up this nonsense about inflation and the deficit. Here he is debuting his fake Southern accent, and of course, not even giving the low line properly. A senator from Florida going after Medicare and Social Security? I tell you what, I don't know where, as they say in Southern, I don't know where y'all been. Hot damn, boy. I tell you, look. You know, I've only been in Florida for about 10 months. I have not heard anyone talking like that. Damn, boy. I'm Foghorn Leghorn. I said, I said, what? what? The guy is just not right in his head. Uh, here he is completely making up uh, a bit of information here. Because, well, you know what? I'm going to play it and then we'll tell you. Let's just see if you can figure out how he's making this up first. How many of you know somebody with diabetes needs insulin? Well, guess what? And we, when, we, when, when, we, when Debbie and I passed this law, it included everybody, not just seniors. And so what happened was we said, okay, 
You know how much it costs to make that insulin drug for diabetes? Cost. It was invented by a man who did not patent it because he wanted it available for everyone. I spoke to him, okay? Joe, you never spoke to him. It was uh, the 1920s when that happened. You never spoke to that guy. So he just made that up. And then this one is really twisted. He has done this several times. Uh, he starts talking about uh, his son and claims that his son died in Iraq. His son, Bo Biden, not, not the other son, not the crack smoking son, his son, Bo Biden, did fight in Iraq. He died of brain cancer six years after leaving Iraq. But listen to Joe Biden. No change in the quality of it, just change in the price. And they talk about inflation. You know, we're dealing with it for a whole second. Inflation is a worldwide problem right now because of a war in Iraq and the impact on oil and what Russia's doing. I mean, excuse me, the war in, in Ukraine. And uh, thinking of Iraq because that's where my son died. The, uh, because he died. Yeah, I mean, his son did not die in Iraq. His son left Iraq in uh, 2009. He died in 2015. He's made this, this mistake or whatever it is. He's done this repeatedly. Like this would be 25th Amendment shit if it was a Republican, but we just keep letting it go, we keep letting it go. Anyway, then he ends this meandering, mumbling, nonsensical speech. Um, well, look what he did at the end of this one. So God bless you all, God protect our troops, and God give some of our Republican friends some enlightenment. Thank you. God, the anger, the way he said it at the end, enlightenment, the anger, and uh, sorry, man, you're the one who needs enlightenment. Well, you need a lot more than enlightenment, Joe Biden. You need a lot more than that. But okay, so let's, uh, let's talk about what's going on here in Florida. Because again, I think this is the blueprint for a future America. It is the blueprint that every state should be modeling. And you know what? Even Democrats in Florida are realizing how we, good we got it. So this is the former Democrat mayor of Miami Beach, Philip Levine on CNN saying, yeah, Floridians get it and, and they've had it with the Dems and there's something good going on here. Truthfully, I think it's too little, too late. And President Biden coming here is fantastic. But unfortunately, the Democratic Party of Florida has been in a semi-conscious coma for a long period now. And I don't think a week out that's going to do much, if anything, whatsoever. I mean, think of what's going on. As far as the messaging, Florida's been hitting on all cylinders. And I'm a Democrat telling you this. Uh, what are Floridians concerned about? They're concerned about inflation. Uh, they don't pin that to the current administration in Florida. They pin that to Washington, to the Democratic Party. They're concerned about immigration. They're concerned about crime. Think about what's going on in our country right now. People are getting mugged. They're getting mugged on the city streets, but they're also getting mugged when they go to the grocery stores. So that is something that they're pinning on the Democratic Party in Washington. They're not pinning it on the Republican Party that's controlling the state of Florida. Uh, so I don't believe that'll have any impact, if any at all, at this point and so late in the game. Former Democrat Miami Beach mayor. By the way, we have a Republican mayor in Miami right now, Mayor Francis Suarez, who I interviewed, I've interviewed him a couple times, but one of them was about two, three weeks ago. Miami now is the fittest city in the United States. It is the healthiest city in the United States. I think it is the least crime for a big city in the United States. We are bringing in all sorts of tech companies. Business is exploding. They're doing incredible amounts of construction. We have buildings going up everywhere. The roads are being redone. It's like, it's all working here. And why is it all working here? Because the people 
30,000 extra people voted for Ron DeSantis instead of Andrew Gilliam. And these last couple years, Ron DeSantis grew into the role. You know, sometimes, sometimes people are born to lead, sometimes people kind of stumble into it. I, I don't know which is which with DeSantis, but he clearly has become the guy that we need at the moment. Uh, he released his campaign release this video yesterday. This is their final campaign ad uh, before the big election on Tuesday. torch of freedom onward because our mission is very simple. We are keeping the state of Florida free. Thank you all. God bless you. Pretty solid, man. Closing out in, uh, in true style. The, the same style that he has governed with for these past couple of years. Uh, freedom. That's it. That is what's bringing people here. That is what's flourishing here. Uh, and that's what I'll be voting for uh, on Tuesday. You guys going to vote for DeSantis? I guess I haven't asked you. Uh, oh. Good. All right. That would have been weird. That would have, what if suddenly you just like, but turned around your hat and it just said, Charlie Crist, that would be something. Uh, all right. A couple of comments from the locals community. And then we got a cold close for you. Jeannie says, ha, let's stop demonizing people and recognize that white men aren't people. Nice Don. Yeah. It's everything that they do. They, they talk out of both sides of their mouth. It's everything that Hillary does. She accuses half the country of being deplorables and racist and everything else, and then says that it's Republicans who are in instigating and inciting violence with their words. I mean, it's the same thing Saki does, it's the same thing that AOC does, the rest of them. But again, you guys can see it now, and as the censorship machine crumbles at least a little bit at the moment because of the Elon Twitter situation, um, we've got a chance to get more and more people to see the world as it is, not necessarily as they wish it would be. Uh, Chuck says, lied, change definitions, remove studies that prove their statements false, manipulation at the highest level. There is no amnesty for those people. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like, you don't want to start, you know, coming up with lists and hunting down people and going after, you know, people that weren't in major positions of power. When I say no amnesty, I'm talking about the people that were really in power. I'm not even necessarily talking about the, the, the TV host who lied or whatever, like those guys, they should just not have jobs in TV anymore or something like that. I'm talking about the people that push this nonsense. The fact that Fauci, we've shown you videos, that he gets up there now and says he had not, he never called for lockdowns. And then it's like, we show you videos where he's like, and we should be locking down schools. I never wanted to close schools. And then we show you videos where he's literally saying it. It's like, no, you have to pay a price. I, I don't know what that price is. Are we doing Nuremberg style trials? Are we jailing people? I don't know exactly what that is, but it's not good enough to just be like, oh, we got on the other end of COVID. Boy, that was, that was a scary couple of years and we did some crazy stuff. Uh, let's just keep going. No, there has to be some comeuppance. There has to be some sort of mea culpa because otherwise we will be doomed to repeat it again, obviously, obviously. People have to realize that there, if you are going to infringe on other people's rights, there has to be a cost. 
right? They wanted a massive cost on us if we didn't want to behave they want, the way they wanted us to behave. Well, they have to realize there's a cost if you come after our constitutionally guaranteed rights. Uh, Amy says, quote, public health is misinformation. There's only personal health. That's a great, oh, I like that. I like that, that's a good one. Amy, we'll credit you for that one. That is a good one. You're right, public health, like there's personal health. Take care of yourself. And if you take care of yourself, you might take care of the people that are in your family. That's the personal situation around you. And then it extends to a community. But public health, it's a very dangerous thing. And, and that's why when they kept saying, well, you have to do this to keep grandma safe. And it's like, all right, but why should a, say, 35-year-old guy who eat right, eats right, takes care of himself, is in no risk of COVID, have to do the exact same thing and get injected in the exact same way as, say, the 75-year-old chronic smoker who also has emphysema and whatever else. But we, we did a lot of bad stuff and we need an honest assessment of it. And I really think, I mean, that's why I'm, I'm telling you that. And it's also why I think that, that ad there uh, with DeSantis closing out this campaign was so good. It's like, notice he wasn't screaming about everything or demonizing anyone or anything else. What do I keep saying? We just have to get back to a good America that we kind of let go of. The America of those kids in that video I showed you yesterday of, of shaving cream on Halloween, when New York City police officers in 1984, when they were mostly worried about whether the kids were gonna egg a car or use shaving cream on it, as opposed to the mass violence that's happening now. When we really were post-racial, it was not cool to be racist, as opposed to the woke who've ushered in this idea that we're all racist. Nobody cares about the gender stuff and, and the sexuality stuff. Like we're, we're close to grabbing it back. It's not gonna happen nationwide and they're not just gonna let go, right? Like we're not just gonna win this election and a couple states will go red and there'll be a better situation in the Senate. We'll get more of these governorships. It's not just gonna magically go away. The machine just won't let it go away. But then at a more local level, you'll be able to incorporate a little more freedom into your life. How cool would that be? If you're watching this and you live in Michigan right now and you're just days away of, from getting rid of, of Gretchen Whitmer, you know, if you're in New York, right now, and you're just days away of getting rid of Lee Zeldin. Lee Zeldin, who by the way, was assaulted while giving a speech about two months ago. I don't remember Hillary Clinton talking about that, right? I think you guys got it, I think you got it. Uh, as a reminder, like and subscribe on uh, YouTube, on Rumble, and join us on Locals if you'd like to chat during the show, and I post some pictures of the kids and all sorts of stuff up there. Uh, and we leave you with more lies from the elderly man pretending to be president. See you tomorrow. And so, folks, I will take care of this. I will end this. I will make sure we have a plan. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm going to shut down the not going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm not going to shut down the country, but I'm going to shut down the virus. 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 220,000 Americans dead. If you hear nothing else I say tonight, hear this. Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. Anyone who's responsible for that many deaths should not remain as president of the United States of America. If you're vaccinated, you can be around the vaccinated or unvaccinated people. We're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated co-workers. The choice is yours. You all made this possible. This is not about freedom. 
or personal choice. Thank you guys for tuning into the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.